everybody. Welcome back to Me and the Gals. I am today joined by one of my other gals, Karina, Karina Reshmi. And actually, I had mentioned this also on our last episode with Sophia in that case, that the gals are going to take a little hiatus from the show because we have been having a really difficult time trying to find a date where we can all come together. But they will be with us every now and then, but they will also be joined by other guests that I'm going to be inviting, experts, thought leaders on all the things that matter to us who are women and female identified <laughs> in this world today. Welcome, Karina. Thank you so much, Ricardia. And now that, you, now that you're saying this, I'm kind of, what? Somebody else is going to take my place? No. <laughs> Nobody can take your place, oh, of But course. I'm sure we, you know, we'll be back now and then yes maybe. yes yes for sure mm -hmm. sometimes Karina Sophia and I are in the same place when I visit those gals in Sweden which will be the case hopefully in the summer so yes maybe we can look forward to another episode of all of us together then yeah. all right Karina so today you and I decided we wanted to talk about what we would tell our younger self and why <laughs> oh okay I, ha I have to admit this is kind of a tricky one for me Tell me why. Because I firmly believe that everything is okay. <laughs> We've been through what we were supposed to go through, you know? That's always my sort of point of view or, or that's the way I look at life and all that. But, I mean, obviously, when I look at myself back in the days when I was a child or when I was a teenager, of course I should have had adult me standing beside telling me stuff. but. Then again, if I hadn't done those things, <laughs> a mm -hmm. lot of things, um, I would not be the same person that I am today, you know? It's true. It's true. But maybe it helps to sort of differentiate between two things. One is, do I categorize everything as a regret or a mistake? Or do I just wonder could I have put myself on a different trajectory, mm -hmm. right? Could the arch of my life have just been... Well, something that I would have recognized sooner as something that is indeed my own yeah. versus somebody else's idea. And I think it's probably easier to talk about it that way than go through all the regrets. Do you want to hear everything? All my regrets? My God. Well, let's start with let's um, start with that. What what is your biggest well, I wrote here in my notes mistake, but mm -hmm. maybe do I want to ask you what your biggest regret is? Yeah, there, there was one thing that came up, which is definitely a regret of mine in my life. One of the few I have, actually. And that was the fact that I, because I had started some sort of career as an engineer. I mean, it was a great effort for me to actually graduate with the background that I have, with a working class um, family background when nobody was an academic or Nobody understood why I was doing that. And so I did that. I, I sort of left the little village where I'm from and I managed to get that job, that job as an engineer at the ABB headquarters. It was very cool. I mean, it was so well done by me. Uh, yes. I, I actually, it was. I, I often think of that now. And, and sometimes I get a question, how did you do that and why? Where did you come up with the idea? You know, so my regret was. Because I met this man and 
I left my career and my job to move abroad with him, which seemed like a good idea at the time. But now that I look back, I can see that I sort of, well, not sort of, I definitely put myself aside. And I mean, we had no kids, we had just met, and I could easily have said, you know, no, I'm not going to Caracas, Venezuela, que te pasa? <laughs> I mean, but no, I said, oh, yes, <laughs> yeah, let's go. And I just basically ruined all my, I don't know. But then again, back to how I started, I did learn a lot of things uh, coming to Caracas, not knowing the language, having to think of something I could do, you know. So I I was actually working there as an engineer, doing projects, working for Swedish companies there and so on and so on. But it, it would have been better for me to actually stay in that big company and, and sort of, you know, do what I was supposed to do. But I don't know. I think we sometimes shy away from the word of regret, right? I'm, I'm remembering something yeah. that I've mentioned in the podcast before where my mom said, do you know what true purgatory is? And I was like, no, ma, what is it? She said, living long enough to go over all the stupid things you did. Oh, my God. She said that. It was actually it's not so something right. she originally uh, came up with. Mm. It was a much older lady, even than my mom uh, was at the time, yeah. uh, who said that to her. And I just thought it was so funny. And yeah. I've often thought about that because like you, it's hard to label something regret when you also have hopefully some wisdom in this phase we're in in our lives to realize, yes, regret, but... It gave me something as well. We always learn something, but, right? But I sometimes I play around with the idea, where would I have been if I hadn't, you know, taken that course and sa saying yes to that man and marrying him and, you know, all that. Do you have any idea of I, what you might have done? I, I think I would have uh, met another guy, <laughs> moved to another country. I don't know. But would you do anything differently now? I mean, a lot of things came of this connection. Mm. And I certainly can speak to the whole concept of making very, very, I want to call them disadvantageous romantic choices. Yes, good word. <laughs> exactly. So would you do, you know how Maya Angelou always says, if you had known better, you'd have done better. But you didn't know better, so you couldn't. Exactly. I try to tell myself better. that, that I did as well. Me too, like 10 times a day. <laughs> All the time. You were so good. You did well. No, I did the best yeah. I could. I mean, that's a fact. And that actually is very accurate when it comes to me because I was, I grew up in a family where there was alcoholism and it was like, it was no place for a child, actually. Uh, and I often think, how the hell did I actually survive that? And how did I sort of get to the point where I am today, where I'm very fortunate and very happy in, in the best place where I actually, I wouldn't want to be anywhere else. But how mm -hmm. did that happen? Could it have been all my experiences to sort of open my eyes maybe? You know, I'm married to Sophia and she has had the best upbringing, the best parents we hate her. We hate her. There's nothing wrong with her. How is that even possible? But I can truly say that in her case. It has sort of been like a kind of a journey for me, you know, to listen to her. I, th I think you feel the same. And 
damn it, I envy her. By the way, everyone, we have an episode on this, so we don't yeah. go too far on the subject, yeah, exactly. but we have an episode called, I think it's Crappy Childhood, yeah. where Karina and I really get pissed <laughs> off at Sophia for having such a nice childhood. Exactly. But, but yeah. What but, was the question now? Um, well, the question what was, would, what would you do differently now yeah. with the knowledge or the consciousness that you have today? Do you think, let's say you had more wisdom, mm. what would you have done differently? I know there is a part in my childhood that have it has affected me a lot. I, I I realize that as an adult and in a normal family, if there ever is something like that, mm-hmm. you as an adult will sort of take your kid to you and you will show the child, let's go skating or let's go on a vacation or let's invite some people over and we will all sit by the table and we will eat and we will do this with our cutlery. And I mean, normal stuff that you would teach your child. I didn't have that. Everything that I had experienced as a grown up person is by my own initiatives, good or bad. I don't know. But I just feel that sometimes when I meet people, it's take skiing, for instance. That's an excellent example because everybody in Sweden skis. They ski well. I, my parents never took me skiing. Uh, they just didn't. Uh, they didn't do any type of sports with me or for me or even talked about it or nothing. So I had to t- sort of pick up skiing when I was in my 20s. I felt left out in a way. I feel different. Now this I get, but like, what would you do differently now though? Like knowing that these things, knowing for example, that skiing does indeed create class differences, whether you can ski or not creates Mm -hmm. class differences. I know this from my adolescence, but what would you, you know, let's say you, you got to start with a tabula rasa. You get a blank slate. Here's you, Karina, yeah. again, yeah. at 12, yeah. at 15, mm. at 25. Okay, I would have stayed in school because I spent most of my teenager running away, running away from school. So when I actually did start to study when, in my 20s, oh, my God, I had, to, I had to study twice as much as all the other people did. Uh, so I would, I would definitely stay in school and I would try to pick something up. because it was very hard work for me when I actually started to realize that okay we we do need an education we do need to learn stuff if we would want to go somewhere or do something another thing I would have done is I would have looked more for role models you know there's so many now and the word is omnipresent yes Role model women, strong women that do stuff, that sort of conquers, that put their neck out there and do stuff. Women like that. My mother, this is interesting, she had, what, 11 siblings and they were three girls. (laughs) I know, it's crazy. Wow. Um, Mm. Yeah, I often think about my grandmother. How did she do it? Uh, But she did. so there was well, she one didn't do three... much else if there were eleven. <laughs> exactly. No. Can you imagine? Oh. No, I cannot. <laughs> but one of the three girls, or maybe two of the three, were so different from my mother. I didn't see them a lot, but I did for vacations when I was little. We drove like 
12 hours straight north <laughs> north up in Sweden where the, where she was from and so we met them there and they were totally different from my mother i could sort of sense that they were strong you know i could sense that they had stuff in order and they were exciting and they had opinions and so i looked a lot at them but i hardly knew them because we never I mean, we didn't see them a lot. And then there was one teacher I had in fifth grade, fifth and sixth grade, I think. She was also one person that I know that I looked at and thought, wow, she's something, you know, she's good. But I didn't have a lot of role models, actually. Um, my my world was populated with men, too. Yeah. Whether they were the authors that I read, even yeah. the teachers that I had. Yeah. Then, of course, I started dating at a young age. Yeah. By the way, there's one of my things I would do differently oh, now. Yeah, I'd be too. like, stay the hell away from yes. the boys. Yes. Stay away from the boys. Just a little bit longer. I came across this term today. It was called gentle dating. Sanftes dating, as uh -huh. it is in German, yeah. right? And what it is, as you can maybe imagine from the word, from the term, is to just go super, super slow. Like, yeah. keep it, don't write so much. Yeah. Put some time between this date and oh. the next date. I really know. ask questions. Be asked questions. Mm. And it's like, if only... I mean, I would have needed that advice in my teens, in my 20s, yeah. in my 30s. Yeah. You know, in my well, well, maybe not all, but no, I've been exactly the same to fall crazy in love. What kind of crap is that? That's no good for nothing. Just passion. It gets sold, yes. But the problem is it gets sold as like my, if you, like if I think about how I stacked my priorities growing up, then my thinking was always find that one good solid partner first mm. and then conquer the world. But you need this partner first. That was so ingrained yeah. in my head. Yeah. And because of the way I grew up, my mother being who she was and obviously also a victim of, yeah. well, other women who kept the patriarchy alive, yeah, essentially. Exactly. It's not just we men, it's women doing it we too. We all did. Oh. And she raised me that power was clearly male yeah. in some ways, that yeah. we were disenfranchised little women who mm -hmm. couldn't even fix the piping on the sink, which is true to this day. I cannot fix the piping in the sink. I can, though. But <laughs> yeah, I know. You can, but you kids are crazy. I did yours. Like, you know everything. <laughs> Oh, but the the yeah. thing was, there was no, like you said, no role models. I would have definitely would have liked those strong women, strong girls. Mm. I would have liked to have seen those. I would have definitely put off dating for a long time. And like you said, go to school and just focus on that. But I didn't have a single part. I was first generation college, just yeah, like you. Exactly. You know, it's like, how do you become that person? You know, you have no clue. You just sort of improvise. Yeah. Yeah, no, the Roma, no, I was going to say, because, you know, I have a grandchild now and I adore her. She's so sweet. I mean, she's a child of another generation, right? I can totally feel that. I can totally see it. That sort of encourages me to think I want to be a role model for her. And actually, the thought I had when I decided to leave my husband, my ex-husband, was because I started to think about my daughter, I was thinking, How am I going to explain this to her? How, how can I sort of stand up and believe that this is the best role model for her? So that she's actually one of the reasons I managed to leave. Uh, and now I, I feel the same about little Turin because 
you know, she needs to see a strong woman. I, I, I feel that responsibility and I like it, you know. I absolutely agree. I think we stand on, on the shoulders, as people often say, mm. of some women who we might not have been related to in our families, but who are definitely here and paved the way. Yeah. And who says we can't be one of them? We can. Who says we can't join them now at yeah. this stage of our lives yeah. even? Yeah. Someone's watching. Yeah. That's for you sure. Know? Kind of like that idea. Me it, too. It gives uh, importance to me and to my life in a way. Yes, I think it's I think it's meaningful, right? Like I think um, mm -hmm. also I hope I have grandchildren one day. No pressure on my son, but I want grandchildren. <laughs> I think, but will. I I also think it's it's encouraging not just to be this person for them, but to already see in our children that they have so much more going for them yes. than we had. Mm. They're so much more conscious. They understand complex um, yeah. context and stories and it's just good to know that even though a lot of things are going a little haywire right now <laughs> i just want to mention the johnny depp and amber heard uh, oh. thing at this point i had a friend of mine say today that when she was watching this mm. speaking of regret sorry mm. I'm, i'm digressing but i have to share this she said you know me too is dead and i said what, what? And she said, yeah, didn't you read it? Even in the New York Times, they said it. Me too is dead. No, don't And she say said that. that. Yeah, she said it because I don't know if you've noticed, but on social media, everyone's on Johnny's side. But how is, is that, that even my possible? Algorithm. Except, I don't know. I haven't been following except it. Except Lundy Bancroft. He, he posted something about saying, I believe uh, Amber. Oh, you're kidding. Yeah. Lundy Bancroft, for those of you who haven't read his book, this is a book Karina actually gifted me a couple of years ago so we could both talk about oh it and read God. it. And it's yeah. called Why Does He Do That? Completely different um, uh, <laughs> subject, but but it is a book we would have liked to have had 20 years exactly. ago. Am I right? Oh, yeah. yes. 25 years ago, maybe 35 years ago. <laughs> That's one yeah, hell of a yeah, book. Yeah. No, but you're right. It's it's good to understand that you need road model road models. <laughs> you need a roadmap. Maybe you also need a roadmap. roadmap. To be a role model. Yeah, I didn't have a roadmap. I don't know what got into me. Yeah, no, but it's it's true, and I like the idea that we can still be that person. Also, that you know, for me, I think I'm sort of I'm an aunt to a lot of my friends' children because mm -hmm. they're all mm -hmm. mothers of rather young children. Yeah. So I always get to be the cool aunt, yeah. and I think I see it there sometimes. That's you know, good. I have to get back to my questions here. Oh. Okay, so I'll I'll skip to the last one. Okay, which one was If that? If you could go back and fix something, would you? Yes, I would. Yes, I would. Because a lot of people say, no, I'm good. Like Frank Sinatra, no. regrets. I've had a few too few to mention. I'm no. like, get lost. No, 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 no. I, I know now the adult me know stuff I could have changed. I'm the, I'm the same way. I think there's definitely one or two sort of pivotal decisions yeah. that if somebody put me at that fork of the road again, I'd be like, you know what? I'm going to go right. I'm not going to go left. Thanks. Exactly. <laughs> But I think it's super nice to be honest about it because I find sometimes people will tell me, no, I don't have regrets about anything and everything was as it should be. But everything is ultimately as it should be. I think I can agree on that part. Yeah. But if you actually gave me a choice, I mean, after my son, like, mm. because whatever led up to my son, not all of it was planned. And that's a good thing, mm. right? Because he's here. Yeah. But after that, I'm like, there's a couple things I would be like, yeah, stop right here. Yeah. 
let's press that pause button yeah. for a moment. Mama needs to take care of something. <laughs> yeah, like myself. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, because yeah, exactly. when I think about that, I think uh, I probably lost a couple of good years in my life because I like the person I'm now. I know I'm taking control over me and my own life, and that that's precious to me. But I also know that I haven't been doing that for, what, 50 years or something? Can you imagine? Now, all of a sudden, I'm doing it. So I like mm. that. I like that thought. And I, I'm very, I'm happy. I'm a happy person, which I have not been for almost all of my life, which is really sad. So, yeah. Mm. I guess it always is a matter of coexisting, right? Like in the ultimately, I wonder if all the suffering and the issues that were there for you and for all of us, could we recognize happiness if that hadn't be there? And I think as women, we always understand that one thing informs the other. Nothing is ever just this is black or white. No. This is gold yeah. or woman. It's always one informs the other. They coexist. Exactly. And yeah. if you can just come to that, not just talking about it like I'm doing right now, but actually come to this idea that one condition, which was horrible, or a hundred of them, w were the bricks that built, not the wall, hopefully, but the path to go ahead, you know, yeah. that, that is indeed well, the hope. At least. It's like some wise person said sometime about, we need bad. Because if everything was good, we wouldn't know. Maybe that's what you said, or that's what you meant. We would we wouldn't have a clue about what good is. If everything and was no good. And no empathy. Exactly. No compassion. Exactly. I mean, um, sometimes those seem like a bit of a like, who needs all this compassion? Yeah. I'm suffering, people. <laughs> Just get me the hell out of this shit already. Yeah. But uh, I guess it, it, it does have a price. All right, Karina, any any parting words of wisdom you'd like to oh. relay? What can I say? I am so wise. <laughs> <laughs> no. My yes. silence is my wisdom. Yeah, no, I think uh, the best thing to do is to take care of yourself and see the greatness in yourself and don't let anybody say different. I couldn't agree more. That's, my That's last a point. really, really big point. <laughs> yeah. All right, Karina, thank you so much for being on the show. Oh, I hope we you. do get to schedule all this oh, thing. We have to do it again. Listeners, if you would like to write to us, if you have a suggestion for a guest or even you might want to join us, the email address is hello at meandthegals.com. And this is a bit of a news flash. I've recently started coaching people through breakups, not just the romantic kind, also uh, maybe breaking up with friendships or um, having to leave work, whatever kind of transition that has to do with breakups. I'm your gal. And if you'd like to reach out to me and find out more, the email is, Karina, you created it for me. What was it? Ricardia at the breakup call. <laughs> Cardia at the breakup call dot com yeah. and yeah let's, uh, let's talk about that sorry and check out the web page check out the web page which Karina created raccoon and friends created so yes the breakup call dot com thanks everyone for listening we hope that when you if you are at a life stage where you start looking back that you don't have too many regrets and that you can feel a whole lot wiser than you were maybe even just five, ten or fifteen years ago. Thanks everyone. Thank bye you. bye Karina. Bye.